Our first reading is from Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in the swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading continues from the second chapter of Luke, starting in the eighth verse. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the, what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of our Lord. A couple thousand years ago, in Bethlehem, the city of David, the Messiah, our Savior, was born. A miracle happens every year about this time that we are celebrating the saving gift of our Heavenly Father to us. This miracle is like an unexplained magnetism. You can see it. It starts to gather strangers to strangers. It gathers friends to friends. It gathers family to family. This coming together is not so much to do something. It's not about the doing. And it's not so much even about the exchange of gifts and about receiving something. It's about seeking something in the others. This unexplained magnetism the church knows is the Holy Spirit of God. We see it tonight in a beautiful way. People who gather and remember to thank God every Sunday are joined with those who maybe just gather a couple of times a year, who then gather with people who might only visit God's house a few times in their lifetime. Yet on this night, together, we experience a presence of God that brings peace peace to troubled souls, hope to weary souls, 
love and healing to wounded places. We experience the embrace of God our Father who reunites heaven and earth through the gift of His beloved Son. Tonight I get to share with you a Christmas story. It's a story from my past. I've affectionately named it Strangers at the Table. It's a story of people who are seeking, of people who are gathering. They're gathering around a Christ child, and they're going to get a glimpse of peace and hope and life. It was a Christmas Eve. My family was visited by two special people. They were new friends to my father, who, and they were earning their living as truck drivers, cross-country, over-the-road truck drivers. In my memories, they talked loud. They walked strong. They smoked cigarettes like crazy. They liked drinking beer. They had tattoos all over their arms. They were what some could, would describe as rough and tough, and that they were. They were old enough not to be young, but they were not so old that you would not expect a good fight from them if you had crossed one of them. If I remember right, they mostly had each other. They did not have any close family or family. That year on Christmas Eve, a tradition was begun. For some reason, and only God knows, but those true truck drivers knew, because they called from somewhere, I think it was somewhere up in Pennsylvania, way on the northeast. They called around December 22nd, just a couple days before Christmas, and they said that they had a truck full of goods that they needed to get to California from the northeast to the southwest. And if it was okay, that they would like to make a detour to our house for Christmas Eve. Our house at that point was on a border town called Douglas, Arizona, way down. So for them to make that detour, that was a big detour. Something was going on for them to want to do this. They drove nonstop at what they said was good speed, which meant that they were speeding. <laughs> they pulled up in front of our house. <clears throat> now, I'm in mean, like grade school at this point. Uh, in this ginormous gigantic and enormous this ginormous truck it was longer than our whole front yard it covered the neighbor's house to this house it was just this massive truck and here they pulled in just in time for supper they made it imagine this picture now it's an ordinary small medium-sized ranch-style house one level um, along a street with some other small houses Inside the house, the house is decorated with Christmas lights and Christmas ornaments. And as you enter the house, this is an older house, the ceilings are low, maybe eight-foot ceilings, not like what we got these days. They're like cavernous ceilings, eight-foot ceilings. And immediately you notice that it's cramped because in the corner there's this Christmas tree, and so that means it's pushed all this furniture out to other places, low ceiling. And you got this big tree, and it's touching the roof on one side, and underneath is just loaded with boxes and gifts to be shared. And on around this place, on the table, packed with food. And on the countertops, more food. There's enough food on those tables and those countertops to feed this whole household of people for at least a month. Three generations can be found. All originating from a conservative farm country in north-central Iowa. Grandparents, both sides. 
aunts and uncles, parents, children are all packed into this house. The older Iowa gentlemen, well, they're wearing, I always call them these polyester, some like dark green, dark gray pants, white shirts buttoned up and and ties. The older women, the grandmothers, they're wearing white dresses, but they've got their Christmas dresses on. And their hair is all fixed up. Back in the day, they fixed it up, and it was big. (laughs) Moms. The moms are frantically working in the kitchen to get all this stuff ready. The kids, we have our Christmas stuff on, and what we keep hearing time and time again is, do not get your clothes dirty. Do not mess up your clothes. Do not mess up your hair to my sister. So now, do you have that kind of a scene in your mind? Now add this. Right in the middle of all these relocated Iowa folk are strong tattooed, Levi-wearing, western boot-wearing, t-shirt-wearing, cowboy hat-wearing, truck drivers, Bill and Betty. This mix seemed awkward. Awkward at first. Conversation starters just didn't mix. It was like two different languages, two different approaches. It was strange. Questions and gestures just didn't seem to mix either. But the food, the food was good. We sat elbow to elbow around tables, cramped in. Card tables had people around them. And those old pop-up television kind of tables you could sit in front of you, they sat with those in front as well. And there they were passing out food. And they began to tell stories. They laughed together. And I continued to watch them. Something, Something changed. I knew that they knew They were no longer strangers. They were no longer outsiders. On that night, they were one of us. After dinner, we start putting away leftovers. No time to waste. Grandmothers insisted that we were getting ready and we were going to church. Now, these two truck drivers, they were not the kind of people that did not believe in God because they did believe in a God. They just didn't know God. They had not stepped foot inside of a church for more years than they could or would want to remember. They tried to avoid it that night, too. They said things like, They don't want us kind of folks there. We don't have any fancy clothes. See, we're only wearing Levi's boots and t-shirts. We're not religious. We don't know what to do inside of a church. We can't even sing those Christmas songs. You hear our voices? They're raspy. They're ugly. We can't sing. What are we going to do in church? Well, after this opening barrage of excuses was delivered, and they were good, my little grandmother walks over to them. She stands right in front of them and he says, you're coming with us. Get in the car. It's strange. Maybe it was because she was old enough to be their, their mother too. But something about her voice and her look and her presence made these two do what she said. I can't think of another place, person on the face of the planet that could have told them what to do. <laughs> but on that night, this little godly woman said, we're going to church. And they said, yes, ma'am. On that night when we're in church, we took up Almost two full pews, from curb to curb, two of them deep. Now, just like at home, Bill and Betty are right there in the middle of us, elbow to elbow, between grandparents and children, new friends and strangers. 
although there was little evidence at the beginning of the service, by, in the beginning of service, by the middle of service, I knew that they knew that God loved them. See, I knew that they knew that God loved them because the uncomfortable whispering jokes and poking and prodding and little childlike behaviors, the looking at the church decorations and the nervous smiling stopped. The playing and fidgeting with the bulletins, it all stopped. And with heartfelt sincerity, they began to sing from their hearts without considering how they sounded. They began to pray the words like God was listening to them. They were listening at that point to the scripture lessons and the words to the melodies of the songs and the messages of the, of the pastor as if they wanted to remember and record each and every word. I knew that they knew that God loved them. Then and there, for who they were, just as they were, because I could see it in their eyes. Although they would shed a drop of blood easier than a tear in the world, their eyes in that night were occasionally misting over. They were no longer different. They're no longer strangers. They're no longer better or worse than anyone else. The, the shame of their sins, the hurt, the fear, the loneliness of their life, the regrets, the losses, and all their past whatevers, it all faded as the peace of God and the hope of God and the love of God entered their world as they heard the birth of the Christ child. A miracle happened that Christmas. No doubt like it has happened in many other Christmases across our planet for years. An unexplained magnetism, this Holy Spirit of God, He gathers strangers and He gathers friends and He gathers family into homes and into churches, into these houses of God. Not so much that we do something, not so much that we receive something, rather to seek something. To seek being in the presence of the Son of God who comes because He loves us, who comes to set us free to give us the fullness of life. When it was time for us kids to go to sleep, Bill and Betty, they escorted my sister and I to, to bed. We had bunk beds. I had the upper, she had the lower. Those rough, strong, tough, veteran truck drivers tucked my sister and I into bed. They tucked us into bed as if we were their very own children. They prayed, I think the only song that they could ever remember, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. That's what we prayed. Then with misty eyes, they said, Be good. Kind of rubbed my hair, messed up my hair. Be good. We'll see you later. Good night. Sometime that night, they left. They left our house because they had a cargo deliver and they were off track. But I know they didn't leave the same as when they entered. When they left that night, <laughs> they left their hurts behind. They left their sin, their loneliness, and their fear. They left whatever was haunting them, and they left it at the church. They left it beside the Savior's manger. And they left it as they approached the altar, and they received the sacraments. I'll remember 
I know because I know I saw it. I knew that they knew and that I know and that we all knew that light, that we were loved by God. Let's put up this slide. There's a slide after this. Let's say these words together. Young or old, sinners all, not yesterday nor tomorrow, but on this holy night, a child is born, a Savior given. Know that you're loved. That's what I want you to take home this night. Know that you're loved. Amen.